0: Hey there, and welcome to this edition of the What's What podcast. Guys, January is flying already. And a little trivia fact for all of you today is it's Jeff Bezos' birthday.
1: I don't know why this came to my head, but uh, it's crazy to think that 58 years ago, a little baby came into the world with an idea for Amazon in his head.
0: (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I'm not sure it's exactly how it happened, but I totally get what you're going
2: with this.
3: I mean, it very well could have been something where he was like one year old and he had a full <laughs> diaper. JR probably knows this whole situation. His parents had to run out and buy some diapers because they didn't have any. And he was like, This is really inconvenient.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, wait for it. This is what I call a prime analysis oh of mind. how that all went down. Ooh, I know someone ooh. has to someone has to start with the puns early on. And it's gonna be mm. this okay all right so maybe we're all a little bit murky on the details of when and how jeff bezos became the amazon person we now know and love but we are here this week to actually give you the trends in retail and consumer goods i'm your host matt marcotte joined by alex drinker hello celeste richardson hello and joining us this week is jr kelly hello all right guys so covid sucks (laughs) (laughs) blinding flash
3: (laughs) it is the worst for sure
1: yeah and i wouldn't say i have an omicron upside exactly but i do at least have something not super negative related to covid at the very least
3: okay please go on i want to hear it
1: (laughs) me too fact is the recent surge has thrown a wrench in retails recovery and let's be real most of our plans uh, I totally feel that. I know, I know. And some stores like Apple are closing in key markets, while others are resorting to mid-pandemic measures like "click and collect only." I know I told you guys, going to get there, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm getting there. Okay. So first, more bad news: the digital shopping shift and in-person hesitancy due to Omicron. Retailers are backing out of leases in droves. As of this month, nationwide retail vacancies were hovering around seven percent, off significantly from pre-pandemic levels that were closer to five percent. That's a big jump.
3: Ouch. Um, So where was the good news hidden on all of that? (laughs) Totally.
1: (laughs) On to the good news, guys. Oh, thank goodness.
3: Okay. I thought that (laughs) you were trying to highlight something in there. Yeah. For (laughs)
1: retailers, landlords are getting more flexible and creative by waiving rents or entering into revenue sharing agreements with current tenants. And then for new tenants, they're offering reduced rates, free rent. See, said positive mm-hmm. uh, and are green to customize spaces, something that was kind of unheard of two years ago, at least being picked up by the landlord. So yeah, big bonus.
3: Yeah. Yep. I mean, thank you for highlighting the, the positive in all this. And there's actually a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel for CG too. So these incentives are really a good thing for DTC brands that are looking to enter into physical spaces or expand their brick and mortar presence. So uh, we've seen Allbirds, Glacier, Vori have, you know, they've all discussed plans to expand out store count, including internationally. And so many are citing that the favorable rent turns are things that are pushing them over the edge to go expand brick and mortar, which is cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, and as malls usher in a new way of doing things, so do payment programs.
3: Farewell, layaway.
1: <laughs> you could say that again. <laughs> it's uh layaway in the next generation. Look, we all know and love these buy now, pay later programs. They're attracting customers of all types, including myself and the growing second chance consumer demographic.
3: Oh, so like the financially stable, older Credit card averse
1: <laughs> you got it. But there's risk on the horizon as the number of the customers keep skipping payments, and uh, that's not a good thing to see uh, on the rise. No, it's not. But we knew it was coming. We knew it was coming. I know. And always, always good news followed by bad news. That breaking up large purchases into installment payments and avoiding credit card fees have been really key benefits. But as with every new hot trend, buy now, pay later is uh, drawing regulatory attention. Uh,
3: That's not super surprising, I guess. (laughs) No,
1: actually, our friends over at Equifax recently announced, I guess you'd call them their friends, not really, but uh, Mm -hmm. they announced buy now, pay later will be added to consumer credit reports in 2022, helping provide a more complete picture of consumer financial commitments. And the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau is also inquiring into the issuance, refunds and fees policy of L
0: P L. Listen, the reality is they're all going to be getting the third degree, and it really does make sense because what started off as kind of a fad and a trend, buy now, pay later is not going away anytime soon, right? We know that retailers saw a spike in buy now, pay later and holiday sales, and given its success, we should definitely expect it to continue to play a big role in payment strategies along with a tad more regulatory oversight. But buy now, pay later has not only served to bring Gen Z and millennials to brand, but it's also shown itself as the ideal way to get new consumers into luxury consumer goods, which totally makes sense, right? Because it's really, really expensive. Mm -hmm. And in that category, brands like Gucci are allowing the customer to break purchases into installment payments. So all of these kind of hallowed grounds and sacred cows are really no longer kind of pretend they're, they're too good for buy now, pay later. It's crazy.
3: It's time to go buy some fancy things. <laughs> <I>
0: guess. <laughs> I'm guess. i glad that's what you took out of this.
3: That's yes. what I took away is let's go buy some handbags. Uh, well, hey, and just like that, to add to shopping, the holiday season was on fire. It was popping.
1: <laughs> hey, good news.
3: Yes. Yes. bringing the good news today. Uh, we'll take it wherever we can get it. And here it is. So holiday retail sales surged eight and a half percent higher than last year over the same time period. And in-store shopping for retailers had three nice long months uh, to stretch out as consumers shopped way earlier for holiday items.
0: You heard it here first. We talked about this for months now.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I think like last July. (laughs) So meanwhile, online continues to grow as a channel of choice for convenience, inventory availability and flexible shipping options and anticipated availability and delivery dates.
0: Yeah, Celeste, I think this is definitely a truly better together moment, right? With the Mm -hmm. kind of either or and for retailers and shoppers this season.
3: Yes, for sure. Because consumers really exercise that either and, I like how you phrase that, option. Both in-store and online shopping numbers were up collectively without really deeply cannibalizing one or the other. It's a miracle. (laughs) It really is. I feel (laughs) like we've been waiting for this for so long in retail. Uh, So both showed increased sales in luxury and fashion areas that we really hadn't seen significant growth in for for quite a long time.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you pull up the numbers, and let's just do a quick breakdown on them now, Target and Walmart were standouts with an average of 30% Thirty percent growth, wow. amazing. Amazon dipped slightly, unfortunately for them, down eleven percent, and Best Buy and Lowe's remained unchanged or <laughs> flat, as other folks like to say.
3: <laughs>
1: Thank <laughs> you for the technical term. Norelli.
3: Yes, uh, well, also apparel was up forty seven percent compared to twenty twenty
0: people are getting dressed again. For real,
3: for real. And department stores were up 21%.
0: This is huge.
3: It really is. Uh, You know, some other notables, jewelry and electronics were up uh, too. And a big shout out to the consumer goods companies who really made those positive categorical numbers possible by preparing for the demand, shifting Mm -hmm. that shopping behavior and anticipated inventory where it needed to be.
2: This is amazing. Uh, Great news all around. Speaking of a shift in shopping behavior, how about shopping non fungible tokens or nfts as normal people like to say it <laughs> fast in the flesh okay first of all jr
0: welcome <laughs> to the show where have you been the last 12 minutes anyway, <laughs> but but more importantly wait are we literally in-person shopping nfts now <laughs>
2: yes uh apparently so you know we're full cycle on this idea uh, but fred siegel launched a dynamic retail experience that includes an nft gallery with digital wall displays physical and digital products mixed in for sale and a streaming studio where shoppers can develop their own content <laughs> uh, the brand intends to sell unique product lines and nfts in their stores and get this, customers can use cryptocurrencies for their purchases. Wow. They're all in. Yeah. All in. I mean,
1: so if you're wondering, you should sell your Bitcoin, the answer is no. Although look at the numbers. I don't know. I'm not a financial advisor.
2: <laughs>
0: Thank you for
1: that <laughs> that's caveat. Sh- that's
2: a safe harbor <laughs> statement for this podcast. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's really fascinating, right? These physical in-store displays of NFTs are aimed at educating a new audience. I mean, customers can actually see what the hell NFT looks like. I mean, Mm -hmm. I still don't get it. And Matt, I know you got one for Christmas, but I I really don't even know it is still me.
3: (laughs) You're not alone. You know, I I think this is really cool, though. It it does sound like a good way to drive some foot traffic and gain some new audiences. So for retailers, I think that this is an interesting way to grow your customer bases. And actually, there's been some recent reports that the demographic of NFT buyers is 85% men. And really, in a lot of retail... It's the inverse of that. They're they're more heavily dominated by females, uh, purchasers. So some say that NFTs is a way to gain new audiences and really introduce brands into shoppers that they've really never targeted.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. I think that 85% is actually fully flipped in the luxury space. So as we (laughs) talked about luxury earlier, really interesting here. And so, yes, for retailers, this makes sense. For brands, I mean, it's much of the same. But this also allows them to build a community where one might not exist naturally and, in turn, create customer loyalty. There's a really funny, unique collectible of products that some of them are selling. Charmin with their NFTP. Oh, God, please. It does not stand for what I think it stands for. Sure does. It is a digital toilet paper roll. <laughs> I need one <warm> now. <laughs> this sparks joy for Alex. uh So, these unique products offer a new way for customers to engage with brands like Charmin. You see Coca Cola and a bunch of others lean in here. And so, I'm excited to see how this pays off.
0: Poor goes down the toilet.
2: <laughs> Whomp, womp.
0: I mean, honestly, even waiting to anyway. um Well, guys, thanks everyone for bringing us this week's trends. As always, appreciate your perspective. So what's in the rest of this week's what's what issue? Check out our Goodreads, where you'll find out how money shapes retail, the ideas behind AI-driven salad bars, gaming's influence on shopping, and why Walmart is ramping up its home delivery service. A lot of good stuff in there. And Celeste, before we leave and ride off into the sunset, what's sparking joy for the week?
3: Well, we have one for all of the gamers in our audience. So game on, sweat off, or at least keep it at bay. So if you're really into gaming or you have a very stressful working environment, (laughs) not saying that I do, Mm. but (laughs) there is a mouse that can help keep your perspiring palms from screwing up your performance.
2: Um, (laughs) Oh, (laughs) what (laughs) now?
3: Yeah, this is... Uh, a funny one. But the Zephyr Pro Sweatproof Gaming Mouse has a built-in fan that cools your palm all the way around. And shockingly, it's not super loud or annoying. And it also has a pretty epic light display.
0: I mean, as it should.
3: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, you know, if you're into Fortnite, Counter-Strike, and the like, uh, better be prepared for a more focused, less sweatier you.
0: I mean, I'm just going to buy for my big presentations.
2: was say, building PowerPoints on the fly will become much easier.
0: Oh, my God. Now, I'll, every time any of you is going to give a presentation, all I'm going to think about is your sweaty palms. <laughs> Maybe if you buy the NFTP, you could use it to wipe off your palms digitally. Why do we always have to end on such a weird note? <laughs> because it's what we do here. <laughs> so until next time, enjoy your week. Enjoy your NFTs. And thank you for all the What's Waters who've listened this week. Did you give our 12 listeners their fandom nickname? (laughs) I felt like it was time. Anyway, farewell, What Waters. Bye, everyone.